I think I think like most the, the, the toughest thing is just like your mindset, your attitude. It's always going to be ups and downs. It's always going to be jobs coming and going. Everybody trying to figure out what's going on right now with, you know, COVID working remotely. So it's always going to be something. So I think as long as you stay solid in your mindset and positive and start working towards something and working on something, then it's always positivity at the end. I think it's just being patient when you're having those ups and downs and not kind of thinking that everything is like guaranteed. I was kind of leaning on my degree. I'm leaning on my work experience. And that really wasn't it. The most important thing is building relationships. And I know that now and, you know, a lot of networking and just staying positive and working on getting um, that positive reinforcements that may be from videos, that may be from books, that may be from other people. So I think you need that all the time. That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries to help you become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. For those of you returning, thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate you and are glad you're finding our content helpful. For those of you who are new, welcome and thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you here. Feel free to jump in with this episode, but be sure to go back and listen to our first episode to learn why we're here. A quick reminder, while Sarah is a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, we welcome you on this journey, but also invite you to seek out professional help. Go to this episode's page on our website and click the link to find a therapist near you. With that said, let's get started. Jamal Collins is an incredibly talented graphic designer and visual communication design instructor from East Cleveland, Ohio. A graduate of the University of Akron, he started his career by working in the corporate world, but eventually decided that wasn't his thing. He found his calling as a teacher and mentor with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and later founded the Creative Kids Group, through which he provides art education to inner city at-risk kids and adults. We're going to talk with him about his life and work, how he pivoted to find his purpose, and how he teaches his students to say no to the easy path in order to find success as creators. Hi, Jamal. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah, I've been wanting to talk to you for a really long time, as you know, so I'm just thrilled you could you could be a part of this. So um, so let's just start. Tell us about your beginnings, how you grew up and how you ended up going to school for graphic design. Um, originally from East Cleveland, Ohio. Um, just your normal guy, creative kid, always was drawn and painting and um, I really got interested in comics early on and, you know, popular culture back in the 80s. I was doing graffiti and things like that. 
So it was just like a natural progression to look into the arts at the University of Akron. Um, the cool thing is that the internet was just starting out, starting off in 1990 and stuff. So I was introduced to Photoshop early on back then in design and getting into multimedia was the popular thing at the moment. So that's kind of how I started off. So then you worked for several years as an in-house and freelance graphic designer, right? And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, here we go. Um, <laughs> and then you decided that wasn't for you? Uh, no, actually the, the economy decided it wasn't for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I would have stayed. I was trying to work my way. You know, it's like once you start doing something, you get comfortable doing it and you want to, um, you want to, uh, you know, succeed into in that. So um, knowingly, we just jump into like getting our degree and then working our way up the corporate ladder, finding a job. And that was practical back then. This was 97. So, um, mm. yeah, so I was trying to do that. And that's, that was the only thing that we knew. It wasn't like this entrepreneurship stuff, starting your own thing. That wasn't really a thing at the, at the time. Mm. So um, I was just challenged and trying to figure my way out and grow as a designer and grow my way, you know, up the corporate ladder and things like that. But it just didn't pan out. The economy tanked like around 2006, 2007, yeah. something like that. So um, I was out of work and just trying to find work from there. I was unemployed for five years, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah. What was that like for you? Oh, uh, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. I was I was getting little, you know, jobs here and there. I worked at Pricewaterhouse Coopers for ten years, so I was kind of banking on that big company and banking on mm-hmm. being here that length of time to find some other solid work. You know, I come from two parents who um, had nice jobs. So my father worked at General Electric for till he retired. My mother, you know, retired from. Um, RTA as well. So um, I was kind of was taught this. My grandparents worked retired. So, you know, this new way of just jumping from job to job was kind of difficult at the time. So. And how did you keep going like through all of that? So for five years, it sounds like you were, you know, working somewhere, then you wouldn't work and then working somewhere. Like, how did you you what was that internal drive or what was going on for you that kept you going? Um, I think I was still in the, in the design field, um, the community. So I was going to design conferences. I was trying different stuff. Um, I was kind of struggling mentally with a lot of it. Um, and as you know, like she said, I started volunteering at the boys and girls club. I started reading a lot and started just kind of working on, like my mindset and kind of working on that. And it's a book that I started reading. It's called um, Psycho Cybernetics. And that's, you know, kind of uh, all about mindset and being on a successful path and, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, it was a struggle. Like I was studying my CDLs. I was going, I was thinking about driving trucks and stuff. So, so you were looking for, you know, how do I, where do I go from here? How do I make a living? What, yeah. do, what do I do next? Yeah. yeah. I think, I think like most the, the, the toughest thing is just like your mindset, your attitude. It's always going to be ups and downs. It's always going to be jobs coming and going. 
everybody trying to figure out what's going on right now with, with you know, COVID working remotely. So it's always going to be something. So I think right. as long as you stay solid in your mindset and positive and start working towards something and working on something, then it's always positivity at the end. I think it's just being patient when you're having those ups and downs and not kind of thinking that everything is like guaranteed. I was kind of leaning on my degree. I'm leaning on my work experience. And that really wasn't it. The most important thing is building relationships. And I know that now. And, you know, a lot of networking and just staying positive and working on getting um, that positive reinforcements that may be from videos, that may be from books, that may be from other people. So I think you need that all the time. So that's Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm I'm just hearing you say that, like, you had to plug in and focus on that personal development, that personal growth and really getting your mind right, because whatever whatever was going to come your way was going to come your way. But you had to decide and take control over how you were going to think about all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I tell everybody, like, you're one post away from you know, uh, the aha moment, you know, so you're one post away from going viral with something or meeting that person or getting that job. You just have to keep applying yourself and keep doing, doing different stuff. Like all the stuff I'm doing now is new teaching classroom management, doing video, public speaking, you know, even something as small as face painting, like all the stuff is new. Like, you know, um, so it's so you know, I do a lot of stuff, the YouTube channel and all that stuff, but I'm a little nervous about like doing some face painting. And then once I start doing it, it's like, okay. So I always tell people like to get um get okay with being nervous about doing something for the first time. So Yeah. There's um one of the things you say that I love. I have this, I had planned on asking you this later, but I love it so much and it relates to what you're saying is people should be okay with being uncomfortable. They should, they should actually strive to be uncomfortable because it's when you're uncomfortable that you grow. Is that related to what you're just saying? Yeah. 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 All the time. It's like we try stuff out. I think that's what's so I love about being a designer. It's like, we so deadly is because we could do so many things and it's always, you know, always be learning and always evolving too. So like photography, videography. So all this stuff, I'm like kind of self teaching myself, even though I have the educational background, I have the corporate background. So um, I just kind of, it just kind of put me a a couple stages ahead of everybody else, but it's always like, you always got to be learning. You always got to be evolving. Like you can't Mm -hmm. like passively get information, like relying on the news, relying on just, you know, simple things like that. Like you really got to search for the stuff and search it out. Like what's the trends of videos? What's the trends of marketing? And then as you're adding on different stuff, you're just compiling that and adding it to your arsenal. I want to talk to you about how you got into teaching kids, but since you said the arsenal word, I'm going to jump right in. So one of the things you say, you, you teach kids about their worth it factor. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you say like, if all you can do is dig ditches and all anyone's going to do is, you know, they're only going to be willing to pay you to dig ditches. So, but, but you talk to them, you relate it to like video games and you say, you know, when you're playing a video game, you know, you go along and part of the quest is you have to earn things to build up your arsenal so that you can win the game. Right. So that's what you have to do in life. You have to build up your arsenal of tools so that you can be worth it. Um, so do you want to, and I, sorry, I talked over you, Sarah, yeah, like yeah. if, you know, um, if, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think I just kind of went through a lot coming up. So I really didn't have the help that I've, you know, at the time, because it wasn't no guys like me that was really there to go through, you know, some of the things I was going through. So I want to speed up people to speed up the youth and let them know like, well, I was looking for jobs for almost five years. So I kind of know, you know, the ins and outs of how valuable it are. You know, the more things you know, the more valuable you are. So just letting them, you know, understand that they need to know more than just one thing. Like you should know marketing, you should know business, you should know video, you should know audio. Even if you're not even going to do it, you should know the ins and outs of podcasting. You should know the ins and outs of everything. I think it helps with their self-esteem too. Like it helps with mine. Like the more I know, the more better I feel about myself. So I think we be, we are, um, can be tough on ourselves sometimes. Um, I was just having a conversation with a guy. He's, he does some, some firearms training and stuff and he's, you know, doing stuff virtual now and he's not really liking the engagement that he's getting and stuff. And I just told him just to kind of slow down and, you know, as long as you got one, two students, that's enough. Like, you know, so you can't always connect with everybody. So I was kind of having that problem myself. Like I was kind of thinking more like a teacher and they they not getting it. They not doing the assignments. But then I was seeing them. We was connecting on other levels, on other stuff. So as long as I'm reaching a couple, like, you know, we're talking about everything. Because it's not just, the you know, the pen tool and vector art and stuff like that. It's you know, your attitude, it's your imagination, it's your, your vigor and it's your, you know, how you treat other people. And I think it's really heavy on, um, your emotional intelligence for the most part, being able to read a room and being able to know, you know, how to, how to treat people and, you know, be, be that person. <laughs> so, so that touch on it. I feel like right now I have, you know, that like emoji where like the brain is like exploding, like my brain right now, like everything that you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I think it's just, it's so amazing because going back to like the beginning of what you were saying, like all of this comes from that mindset and that belief in yourself. And oftentimes what I talk to people about and Jamal, what I'm hearing you say is like, Knowledge is power. Yes. Like it's definitely like a confidence booster, but really applied knowledge is power and figuring out how to have the right mindset, applying the things that we're learning. That's where that, you know, self-worth and that self-esteem, you know, really comes into play. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, um, just like just kind of building up these success successes you have because you know when you have a cloudy day or you're not feeling so um good about what's going on in your life you can you got these success reserves already ready to to you know to reflect on and help you get through 
some of the bad times. So I think I kind of look at some of my old videos on YouTube to see like, dang, I was saying that or I was doing that. It kind of gives me like motivation to keep going. Like, you know, a lot of people think because some of the success I have that I don't have like bad days. I do. Like, I feel like I'm all over the place sometimes. I feel like I'm not working enough sometimes. Like I'm human. So I do have like these, 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 these times where I need some extra motivation. So I may, you know, listen to an audio book. I may read, I may look at something new. So, you know, or I may just kind of relax and look at like a movie and see how the cinematography was done well. And, you know, I get ideas from that. I just came from, I went to New York and took a trip just to get outside of myself and outside of this, this area. So like your environment, so you can change your environment to a positive environment and that helps you. I don't care if you got to go on YouTube to get it. So, <laughs> and that's such great. That's such great insight that you have just about like when you're in those moments, you're able to figure out what do I need to recharge? What do I need to get back to a place that is going to make me feel inspired or give me that boost that I need? Mm-hmm. And then I was also loving, you know, just kind of hearing you talk about almost that like resilience muscle that like over the years, every time that you've hit a hard point in your life or a bad day, you're, you're actually exercising that, that resiliency, that muscle. And so then when you hit, you know, hard times again, you remember like, Hey, I got through that the last time I can get through this moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also love the part where um, you talked about success reserve. You, you look back at your success reserve, build up a success. I love that. And it, you know, it, I've, I've had those moments where I'm like, you know, my business should be further along by now. I wish, right. you know, I should have this many customers and I have, I have um, colleagues, other women business owners, and we kind of powwow and kind of compare notes and ask questions. And, and um, I heard a friend of mine say the same thing about herself. And I said, you know, I just rebuilt my website last year and I was feeling that way. And I, I, on the part of my website where I put all the client logos, I put them all there. And then I looked back and thought, well, Hey, look at all, look at all that. Look at what I've done in those four and a half years or whatever. Um, So sometimes we get down on ourselves and don't realize how much we've accomplished. So I think looking back at what you've done you know, and taking an accounting of of what you've achieved is also an important exercise, acknowledging what you've done. Yeah, maybe I'm not as far ahead as I thought I would be, but look at what I have done. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of jumped ahead and a little bit all over the place. I kind of want to backtrack a second and just like, tell us about um, how you evolved into creating creative kids and who these kids are and what you're teaching them. Uh, I was teaching part-time at the Boys and Girls Club and I saw I had an opportunity to work as a consultant. So it just kind of started growing from there. I went from like two locations to seven and I started working at different schools, so different school districts. Um, I'm working at uh, an assistant, not an uh, adjunct professor at uh, college, um, Tri-C, um, I was doing something with a PNC Fairfax. PNC took an old bank and turned it to a community center for the Fairfax community. So I'm working with adults. I'm working with teenage students. Um, so it kind of just grew from there, actually. And 
you know, I was ha- I was just kind of working as a consultant, as a mentor and and doing some freelance work, too. So people see my videos. They want me to do video work. They want me to do photography. So I'm like a coach. I'm kind of like doing all this stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> did that growth happen quickly? Yeah, it was kind of all at the same time. So I was recording my classes just so I could look at them so I could see my teaching style. And I just saw a connection and I just shared that connection. And I sure I I shot a video about um, a couple of banished streets in my neighborhood and that kind of went viral and that kind of got me on the news. Plus, I was going to a lot of design conferences and I was in the arts community a lot. So I knew all the photographers. I knew all the marketing PR people. So it kind of I got on the news a couple of times and then I had got some national attention. Um, I've been in The Guardian a couple of times, magazines and things like that. You say this like so nonchalantly. Oh, yeah, and I'm like so sitting impressive. here like, um, <laughs> we're with a celebrity. Like, this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like once you catch a wave. So I was giving keynote talks, too. So I talked to Creative South. I've been on a bunch of podcasts. So a lot of people are interested in what's going on. And I started a YouTube channel, too. And I was doing some speed art. Speed art is like me working in Photoshop for like an hour. So I can speed it up and add some music to it. So I was using that as an exposure piece to get the kids to come into my class, classroom. So um, the program is still kind of young. I've been doing this for like five years. So my oldest students are like in the ninth grade. And we're learning, I'm teaching them design industry standards. So we're going over the principles and disciplines of design. I'm going over marketing, I'm going over mindset, going over all that stuff. So so that's how I became aware of you is I saw the uh, speed art videos and I, oh, really? I mean, I would watch them over and over. And my daughter, who's an art student and does speed art, I would call her over and we just sit there together and go, Ooh, look at that. And we'd play the next one. And we, you know, we just, we love, so I'm fangirling. I like totally love your art. Um, you. But then I, so then I jumped over to your YouTube channel and I started watching your LinkedIn videos. And so watching you teach these kids it's it's also mesmerizing because you're so approachable you're also very authoritative you like come in and you're like I'm gonna tell you guys what this is really like and 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 it's so it goes beyond that like stay in school and work hard like it's so beyond the sort of you know patronizing older person that comes in and just says these platitudes like you're like really strategic about what you say and you say talk, you do, like you talk about the worth it factor you talk about building up your arsenal but I hear you talking the things you're saying you know you're sneaking in things about delayed gratification you know you're saying you got to tell yourself no and don't play that video game right now don't waste time and like you need to be using your energy to like be building yourself up and learning things and so and I see these kids they're like they're just like glued to you just like really into it and so um do you think like how how much it's kind of like when mom's slipping the vegetables into the food you know like you're sneaking that stuff in there like I mean do you do you see them getting it do you is is there resistance there or do you find they're they're getting it I mean I I think it's Uh, a it's a lesson all kids can get not just you know quote-unquote at-risk kids because you know, we're also yeah. distracted right yeah. now. I, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're getting it. I think so. Um, I guess my style is like, I'm reading stuff that I know they're not going to read. So I'm kind of decoding, 
you know, stuff that I read. So, you know, it's like the one thing, it's like Tim Ferriss, it's like Seth Golden, um, you know, the purple cow, the linchpin, the things like that. So I'm learning and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It would be super cool if these kids could read this stuff too and how advanced they would be, but they're not. Mm-hmm. So I have to decode it and give it to them a little small bite. So they might not know where it's coming from. It could be coming from, you know, the art of war. <laughs> it's like, you know, things like that, like um, the 48 laws of power and all this stuff. So I'm like kind of sneaking this stuff in so they can get it. So. <laughs> Was that your original intention or did you just think you'd be strictly teaching design? No, no. It just sort of evolved. Yeah. I kind of saw it in the videos because I wanted them to get the lessons down. Not, you know, the other stuff was kind of extra. So I was like kind of beat myself up because they're not graded. This is like, you know, you got to want to be in there to do this. And that's, you know, more real life anyway. Like a lot of them like kind of, even the older college students don't, they only kind of move when it's like, depending on the teacher, depending on how mean the teacher is, who's calling home and the grace and they're not motivated to do nothing else after that. It's just like consume. It's just kind of like almost drifting. So you like, everybody's like drifting all the time, even adults. So it's like how to be a non-drifter is to wake them up. And let them know, like, look, your situation not going to change. If you want to change, you got to do something now. So, Jamal, not that you need to hear this, and I'm sure you already know this, but the impact that you are making on these kids' lives is something that, like, I mean, I just, like, I start, I had tears in my eyes as you were talking because kids that I work with, when I do my like intake assessment, I always ask them who their favorite teacher is and what their favorite subject is. Kids' favorite subjects are always based on the teacher. Always. Mm. Every year. And I've worked with kids like for multiple years and their favorite subject changes every single year based on the teacher that's teaching it. And when I ask them, what are qualities? What are things that you love about that specific teacher? Like the connection is huge. And the fact that you are able to connect with kids in the way that you do, that is like that's just such a gift that you are giving to them and the belief that they have in themselves because of what you're doing. It's just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I love that you you're energetic and you're positive, but you're also kind of firm, like, like when I said before, like you're authoritative yeah. in there, it's like, you're like, I know what I'm talking about guys. Um, and, um, I, and you mentioned the guardian earlier and I was reading one of those articles and you said you're trying to teach kids to think differently that, and that they'll always be struggling in poverty or not get anywhere if they're always consumers rather right. than creators. And like you said before, if you, you know, they have all these tools now where they could just, they could start their own businesses. They could do all kinds of things. Um, and you talk about the dopamine feedback loops and and you, and and I, and I love that because I, you know, I, I work in marketing, so I understand big marketing data and how these devices and social media platforms, how, you know, the user is the, is the product and we're, you know, we're using their data and my husband's in it. And so we've taught our kids from the very beginning about 
you are the product. Be very careful about what you're using and consuming and, you know, kind of be a conscious media user and stuff. So I, I know I'm rambling here, but I, I love the idea that you're teaching them about this, you know, be a creator more than a consumer. I think about this a lot. I feel like everyone's on the spectrum between consumer and creator and the ones that are, you know, lean more towards creator seem to have more fulfilling lives. Um, even if it's just because you're just getting that, um, you know, your juice is flowing, you're, you know, um, so, um, do you see kids making adjustments when you talk to them about this stuff? Uh, in front of me, they do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. I'm not around, I'm not too sure. Like, I th- I feel like I should be seeing more, you yeah. know, because a lot of them hung out with me for at least two or three years. I should see them posting stuff. They still should be connecting to me. And they don't always do that. So some of them move. I kind of lose them because of moving. I kind of lost a lot from COVID. So... Mm-hmm kind of lost everything from COVID actually. So I feel like I should be seeing more than than what I do, but you know, I guess that's just part of it. Well, in what kind of environments are they going back to? That's a good question. Some of them are okay. Like they got the latest everything, you know, a lot of them should have been trying to capitalize more on what I was telling them before the pandemic, you know, it was like software and computers that they could have got that was more cheaper than it is now, like everything is like limited. So they kind of dropped the ball on that, but you know, everybody dropped the ball on something. So it can't be too hard on them. Some of them is just like super young. You know, I got, I talked to college students too. So I talked to like two, I talked to Case Western Reserve, some, um, I think social workers. I had like a hundred students in there and I talked to a lot of college students too. So helping them with their portfolios and, you know, talking about how to market themselves and put themselves out there and get the opportunities that they need though, too. So mm-hmm. I like talking to them too. And tell us about the adult students. What are you doing with them? Just the same thing. Just, just mm-hmm. working on personal branding, working on creating content, understanding these different platforms, understanding how to use LinkedIn to, um, you know, get their ideas across. And, you know, I talk about building legacy a lot. Like, um, I just had a friend who lost his uh, father. Um, I got another friend of mine that's kind of sick as well. So I want to urgent, I want to let everybody know about building a legacy before they can't do anything anymore. So that's like recording your thoughts, recording your philosophies, how you feeling not just to like monetize it or share it with the world, but at least leave something behind for your family so they can see how you felt and how you thought. So I always like paint a picture, like how cool would it be if you had some videos of your great grandfather when he was 50 and how he was feeling or what was, what was going on at 25 and, you know, their thoughts and things like that. So I think it's, I think that's what it's about right now. It's like, you know, creating this stuff for yourself and for your family, leave this behind. I love that. And I'm also wondering if you would be willing to kind of share some insight. So as a new business owner, and I know Heather and I talk about this a lot, like my big thing lately has been, you know, 
to check in with yourself before you check in with the world. And so really trying to like, you know, have those daily affirmations and gratitude and even create content before I'm getting into this mindset of like comparison. And so how do you work with people to kind of help them be creative without, you know, comparing themselves? I think I, I just asked a ton of questions. I try to evaluate people and just ask a bunch of questions and kind of see where they're at. I think it's just like an overall balance. Like we can't talk about um can't talk about business without talking about some alone time. You know what I mean? You can't talk about um, you know, you gotta watch what you're what we're eating, um, getting outside, like taking your shoes off and putting your feet in some grass you know, going for a bridge walk, like, you know, all this stuff is like the balance is needed. Like I can be caught up in kind of like working too much. Like I call myself Jay working. It's crazy. Like I will work too much myself. Like I don't watch TV. Like I'm just like, go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I really like love the fact that, you know, the pandemic is horrible, but it's really been a way to relax and stay at home and kind of reflect and, you know, do some, some, some self, some self reflection too. I think that's important. Go ahead. And I can relate so much to this because again, like as a mom of three, as a business owner, as a mental health professional, like I talk about the importance of white space and needing to have self care and time for yourself. But then I find myself on autopilot more and more. And then I, I burn out. Like we were supposed to record on Monday and I had a migraine and I felt like mm. it was just my body truly saying like, Sarah, you need to slow down. You have Absolutely. to give yourself, you need to be sleeping. You need to be eating those good foods. You need to be moving your body. And when I'm on autopilot, I don't always do those things that make me feel my best. And then things like that happen. So I love what you're hearing. And I think more and more people need to remember that importance of white space. Absolutely. I agree. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is that when I was watching all these videos of you with kids and, and, and you were talking with them, um, I really saw you teaching them to say no to things in order to make room to make that white space to, to give themselves time to make things. Um, is that, am I, am I right there? Am I, did I perceive that correctly or is it more, you know, more, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. More I'm like, trying, you I'm, know, more, is it less no and more yes? Or am, did I read that right? It's a lot more no. Like, I'm challenging them to think, honestly. Yeah. So, a lot of them get it. Like, um, some of them got to learn it the hard way. Like, I was hand, I was giving out laptops and somebody that I saw a lot of potential in called me about a laptop and he wasn't producing, so I didn't give him one. So it's like, I wanted to, you know, I got to give them that hard truth because somebody going to give it to them. It's like that like natural the, consequence. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like the days, like nothing is guaranteed. Like the economy is, 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 is horrible. Like jobs, jobs are uncertain at this point in time. So mm-hmm. we don't know what's the future going to look like. So these guys better understand that they need 
to create content. They need to create some relationships. Like I was taking these guys to design conferences and meeting the, 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 the top designers and illustrators in the game. They should have them on speed dial. Like this is the way that you get <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so, so what I'm hearing you say, though, is like, yes, it's one thing to have that creativity. But the real thing is when when you're able to put that into action, like it takes hard work. You can't just have the vision. You actually have to do the work to get there. Absolutely. One of the 48 laws of power is to be treated like a king is to act like one. So, you know, they have to act like royalty, like, you know, so the thing is, like, they need to be confident and say, look, I saw a lot of stuff that you was doing, like a lot of being a lot of being very humble and reaching out to people that you look up to. You can do that and ask them to get the secret sauce from them, like inbox them. Like if you into like I was telling somebody who was into some cooking, I was like, you should know every top chef in your area. They should know. Right. Right. You should be at the restaurants. Can I come back there? Can I like people so shy and scared to approach people and ask like I do that all the time. Like a lot of people I know it's because I reach out to them. Like if I see somebody like I know this guy, um, he started his own applesauce and I love it. He was in he's in all the restaurants like young, young guy like he's half my age. So I reached out to him. We met, had coffee like I was asking him questions and stuff like I'm not even going to do anything like that. But I liked his energy and I wanted to meet him. So this is what I'm doing. Like I'm meeting everybody. Like I saw some guys who started their own design conference in Columbus called Creative Creative Control Fest. And that's Marshall Shorts and Corey Favor. And I liked the unity of the designers down in Columbus. And I could, and I was down, I went down there every year. It's like my second home. Like I made these guys know who I was and they know me and, you know, they gave me an award. I spoke with them, too. So, you know, this is part of the, the work you got to put in. Like, I'm at the art museum. I'm at the MoCA. I'm, like, at these different spaces, being these different people. And, you know, it's uncomfortable sometimes. You're a flower on the wall. You don't know anybody. Like, I've been in there. Now I know everybody because I was there, you know, in the beginning. So this is the stuff that you got to do. Like, you got to be all the way in it. That's what I, that's what I say to people. That's that's such a great reminder. And I remember when I went into um, private practice and I wanted to, you know, start my own business, I told myself my number was 10. I was going to research 10 people that were doing what I wanted to do. And they don't have, you know, obviously the yellow pages, but I, I literally like was making cold calls, calling people and some didn't answer, but I was shocked. I got my 10, but I was shocked at how receptive people are and how willing they are to share their story. And if you just go in with like an open heart an open mind and honestly just information gathering you learn so much. And like you said, you build connections and being in private practice, it can be very isolating. I'm not in an agency. I'm on my own, but I built a community based on that very scary thing, but it did serve me in the long run. And I feel like more people need to remember, we, we feel that we're connected to people because, you know, we're, we're following them on Instagram or on social media, but we have to actually 
like you said, get in their inboxes, get on their voicemail, schedule a Zoom coffee date. I mean, now you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Right. Yeah, I love that. So two things. Um, Jamal, I love that you talked about the wallflower thing. So years ago, I started a nonprofit. So like for five years, I I tried to um, found an art center and we, we, we actually made some improvements in our community. We didn't get what we wanted eventually because the economy tanked, but there was this whole period of time where I had to like go around the state and like learn how they were doing things. And I had to go down and talk to the governor and ask for funding. And, and I, I was, I'm naturally an introvert and I was terrified and I would have to go make do public speaking, like in front of my entire town. And I, I developed this trick I'm always doing these little mind games with myself. And, and it was basically, I would say today, the role of Heather Drago will be played by Heather Drago. So it was basically, I was putting on a persona of what I, I felt I needed to be in order to get up there and talk in front of people and shake the governor's hand. And it worked. Um, Cause I, I just had to just like put myself away and be this other person for a little while um, just to get, awesome past and so I do that when I go into a conference and I don't know anybody I'm like today the role of Heather Drago <laughs> Heather Drago um, so I love that and um, and also Sarah picking up on what you said um, people love to be asked advice people love to share their wealth there's people who have all kinds of experience and knowledge and insights and they think boy if I had known this 20 years ago I would have been so much further ahead so sometimes like you said when you just approach someone with an open heart and an open mind people are more than happy to share their information or their their insights rather absolutely and I think that people see like like for you Jamal like people probably you know saw you when you went viral, right? Or they saw the things that you um, had written, those articles, but they don't see all the work it took for you to get to that place. And I think especially now with like the generation now is that people just think it's like this real quick, easy thing, but it's so important to recognize like the hard work it takes to get to that place. Yeah, you're just talking about patience, that's all. So tell us about um, working in COVID time. So you're still, you're working with this Fairfax Community Center, yeah. right? And you're working with adults. How's that going? It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Every parent with a kid in school is nodding their head. Yeah. It's all, it's all virtual. So just trying to figure out, like, so I'm just asking a ton of questions, trying to get to know the morale of my students and what's going on with them and, you know, how to flip this around and get this moving in the right direction. Um, part of the problem is, is that, you know, none of the kids had internets or computers at the house. So, we kind of lost connections with everyone. And then we still kind of battling with trying to get them to come in and do some work that's not going towards any grades too, as well. Mm -hmm. so, um, I'm teaching some classes at St. Adalbert um, Middle School and it's maybe too early. So it's like at eight, it's from eight to nine. So Oof. no one wants to share their camera. I can't tell who's doing work. So I got half the class kind of doing some work, but some of them have a technical difficulty. They can't really sign on 
they're, they're signing on, but I had them working in a web-based program called Adobe Spark. So um, I kept getting the error. I, you know, like you're supposed to be able to share the work with, you know, everybody almost like a Google Doc, but it's not working. So still trying to figure it out like everybody else. <laughs> how do you how do you navigate that? Because it's like it, just from talking with you, like you're so passionate about what you're doing. And so you're showing up for these kids. And then I know life doesn't always go as expected. But what is it like when it's just like people can't connect you, you know, you're not sure what's going on. Like, how do you, how do you navigate that cope with it? Uh, if a couple of them logged on, then that's good enough. Mm. So, um, I have like, I have half the classes remote, half the classes in, in there in the, inside the classroom. So, um, I connect through the, the main teacher and, she had her microphone on too. So when I was talking, you could hear a, a echo. So it's kind of hard to hear with the echo. It's like crazy. So I so happened to look in the chat and I had like three students like, can she mute her, her, uh, <laughs> her camera so we can hear? I can't hear. And so they didn't have to do anything else for the rest of the day. The fact that I had like three people t- telling her to mute so they could hear me was a success in itself. So I really don't really care, like, like I was telling my mom, like, my mom, like, substitute teach, too. So she's a little uncomfortable in this space, too. And I'm just telling her, like, my, everybody figure, trying to figure it out. Don't mm-hmm. nobody know what they're doing. So I don't understand why people always think that they need to know everything about what they're doing. Like, we all trying to figure this out. So um, I was just happy that they was just listening. So... You know, that's the the thing is that they're logging in. So it may not, I might not get the portfolio that I'm looking for. Um, but if I get some engagement, then I'm good with that. Like I mm-hmm. ask them, I'm like, why don't you guys cut on your cameras? Like, like, like I'm just staring at thumbnails. Like, I don't know what y'all look like. And most of the, and I got mostly girls and they like, well, we not looking too good at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And that was enough. That was enough for me to be like, okay, now I get it. Like, so. you know, we talk a lot about space and grace, giving ourselves space and grace, and being patient. And it sounds like you are a very patient man who lives that. Um, especially with you have children at home, and so you've got a lot of people you're dealing with all the time. Um, did you were you always this patient, or is this something you've learned over time? I think having a gang of kids definitely helped. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned it, you know, I'm kind of firm. So I'm like the uncle slash, I'm like the cool uncle slash the father. So I talk to everybody as if they're like a relative to me. Like if they're my mm-hmm. kids, my nieces, my nephews, or my mom, or, you know, my, my older self, like you said, like this role is going to be Heather. So if, if I'm talking to my older self, what would it be? What would, advice would I want as a young designer? Like, what did I need? Like I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Like, I was struggling in these companies, to be honest. Like being a designer, being a creative is probably one of the toughest jobs underneath a fireman and a police to me, because it's like, yeah. you got to be creative. And if you're not in sync with, you know, your, your art director or something, then they're they going to cut you. So Mm -hmm. you're showing up for these kids in a way that you wish someone would have showed up for you when you were their age. 
Right. But it wasn't no one. It wasn't the technology wasn't up there yet. So I always talk about I'm the guy that, you know, it wasn't no older designers that I could talk to that, you know, black designers that could come and give me their perspective. Like, you know, so. Um, yeah. And, and can you share with listeners how many kids you have? <laughs> I, got I got five little babies and I got two older kids. Yeah, I'm 50, so I've been around for a while. So You and I came up at the same time, because when you were describing when you went to school, I went to CIA uh, okay. in, the, in like late 80s, early 90s. So like I know yeah. exactly what was available at that time. Yeah. yeah, it was a whole different world. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, I got my, I my master's at Akron, so we, oh, we awesome. both have that in common. <laughs> yeah, I love Akron. So, is there anything um, that surprised you, or like about yourself, or or just life in general that you've learned teaching these kids? That you, you know, anything that's come out of this that you just was was so unexpected? I mean, teaching period is unexpected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a designer, so like I'm I'm not used to like teaching like. I had an opportunity to teach a little bit before that and I didn't do it. I was like, I'm not no teacher. Like, so it's like, life is weird. Like you don't know what you are. You just got to do it all. And then you figure out if you don't like it or not. Like we put ourselves in like a bubble all the time. You know, um, I know it's a story about uh, this guy who had a pumpkin patch and he saw a little pumpkin and he put it in the jar and he came back and all the other pumpkins flourish but the pumpkin that he put in the jar stayed the same size as the jar so you know you could put a cap on yourself on you know what you can do and what you can't do like a lot of people like know a little something but they scared to like teach or do something and all you need to do is just be a chapter ahead of everybody else so you know um look it up and if you can teach it and explain it it's like <clears throat> i'm kind of like kind of learning these these methods and these models for myself, you know, um, how to be productive, how to be, you know, more creative, how to be innovative, how to, you know, be a disruptor and all this stuff. So I'm teaching them so I can learn it myself. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm talking to myself. Kind of. I love that. It's, we Sarah and I talk a lot about imposter syndrome with each other. <laughs> oh, I'm having um, imposter syndrome, right? And I love how you say you just have to be a chapter ahead. You just got to, you just, you know, you know a lot. It's you don't need to be down on yourself all the time. Absolutely. And I love the permission that you're giving of like you learn as you go. You're not supposed to have it all figured out. You're Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's that's so helpful to just remind ourselves. Yeah, I know people crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am a recovering perfectionist. I like joke about it, but I'm always like I need to be one step ahead. Like if and and so giving myself that space, that grace, that permission, like it's all figure outable. You got to go through it to grow through it. So Yeah, definitely. I think it's just being self-aware of who you are, you know, and when to pull back and when to go, 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 go. Take a break and then go, 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 go again. So So as someone in my 30s, and I know a lot of listeners are around my age, we have a we have a very wide range, which I love. But 
I feel like I'm still figuring it out. Like I'm figuring out who I am. Like, do you feel like you're still there? Or did you feel like there was a point in your 30s, your 40s, now in your 50s, where like, you really started to gain a like, really great insight and alignment of who you are? Absolutely. I think the older you get, the less people you're around, like you're cutting friends and cutting relationships and it's better. Like I was too worried about trying to fit in and care about what other people think. And now at 50, I can be like set my ways and not really care and kind of be okay with being by myself, you know, not being around too many people or changing the environment of who I'm, who I'm around. I think a lot of the things is like people kind of stuck on the people that they went to school with and people that they grew up with. And that's a problem with that environment because it could be toxic people or a bad environment. And the only thing that we have in common is proximity. It's not really like we're designers or we have these things in common. So I think that shift as you get older, you can put, you know, you around people that you have something in common versus something just based off of proximity. You learn to say no to things that aren't really serving you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I joke too, like a recovering people pleaser, like I feel like I'm, you know, finally learning like, and Heather has taught me like, no is a complete sentence. Like having boundaries is so important and especially around relationships. And it sounds like, you know, that's something Jamal that you were, you you've been able to do, what have been some of those boundaries, relational boundaries that you've had to set over the years? Uh, saying no to work a lot. Um, that's, that's number one. Like a lot of people want me to do designs and things like that. And just being able to tell people no about that part. Um, were you scared at all? Like when you first did it, were you like, oh my gosh, I might not get, you know, this job or whatever. Like, how did you navigate that? I think I just got tired, tired. So once you get tired and fed up with a lot of stuff, it's easy to say no. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, you know, I kind of talk about emotional intelligence. So I'm diplomatic about how I do things. So I may just give you a, a lot of work to do and you'll automatically tell me no. So like, if you want me to do some design and I'm going to send you a, you know, questionnaire to fill out and, you know, give you some leg work to do. And that, that kind of tells me how serious you are and putting a deposit down that kind of weeds people out too. And just, you know, I could just say I'm busy or something like that. A lot of people um, don't really understand how many phone calls and how many emails I get. They might not think they might not know how busy I am. So it's nothing personal. I just can't do it all. Like I might meet somebody. I forgot who they were. So, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who jokes, she's like, at my age, I don't need any more friends. I really don't need any more friends. I'm good. <laughs> I need less friends. Yeah. <laughs> so She's like figuring out like who really, feeds me, you know, it feeds my Absolutely. soul and, and who doesn't. So, um, I, I, uh, I hear you about the, the, um, the work requests, like 
I kind of have a similar approach in that like, okay, well, if you're serious, there's a questionnaire you have to fill out. There's a, you have to pay a deposit. You have to be willing to pay the rate. And if someone says, well, can we cut the price? Well, sure. But that means we need to cut the project down a little bit. What do you want to cut out? Um, you know, I don't just say, no, I can't reduce the price. I just say, sure. How are we going to do that? So yeah, there's a little diplomacy that has to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> You mentioned how rough it is teaching through the pandemic and everything. Like, how have you just been like as a dad with kids filling up? I know I'm snapping at my family. Like, how are you coping with or keeping yourself positive through this whole year? Uh, I think I'm just used to it. I was freaking out like everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I started I started a podcast. So that's kind of how that started. Like, yeah, me too. So yeah, <laughs> so I was just calling my friends on Zoom and just recording it. And I called it. I did like twenty. I called it uh, COVID uh, Silver Lining during COVID. It's on my YouTube channel. I can't think of the title now. But I was talking to designers, architects, marketing people, photographers, even even a couple of my students on Zoom and you know, asking them how they, how they were doing and stuff like that. So, you know, I think I'm just kind of used to it now. I was like freaking out, like all my contracts got canceled. I couldn't find none of my kids. So, you know, I had a good year. I can't, can't, can't complain. So everything has been going. I think too, is because I'm used to creating content too. So I'm, I'm comfortable being on video, shooting videos and creating content and platforms and teaching and, you know, all this instructional stuff. So it's nothing for me to create a course or me jump on and do a video or start something. So, you know, it's it's all about being able to adjust and pivot no matter what the situation is. So you, you built know, up your arsenal. So, you know, absolutely. you have tools to fall back on. Right. Absolutely. If the if the laboratory burns down, we just build another one. <laughs> what, do they say? what do they say? Destroy and rebuild all the time. So. Yeah. You know, you got to have this toughness, man. You you know, your car might break down. You got to walk like so riding a bike at 50. You know, it's like me building up my my stamina and just me challenging myself. I think that in itself is like something I got to prove to myself, too. So I want people to like be active. Like if you never lift weights before, try it. Never been vegan before. Try Like, I think we just get kind of stuck in our ways as we get older. Like, yeah. we just to, you know, I have made a post about like being a kid again and, you know, get some, some crayons. Like you might see my big butt on the swing. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's like just having fun and just being creative and doing stuff and sharing stuff and just see what happens. See how it makes you feel. And if you don't like it, then don't do it again. But Absolutely. you might be onto something if you enjoy what something new that you tried. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we always ask everybody for like a golden nugget of advice. Like what is what their like their one big piece of advice they would give our listeners? Do you have one? You've already dropped a whole bunch of yeah, great advice. I think the main thing is is to create content. And share everybody like your talents and, you know, how special you are. Like every person is unique and everybody needs to showcase and show that uniqueness to 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 the world and just 
you know, give people value. I think that's the most important thing. Like I see a lot of people like kind of selfish about like selling their services and not really helping people. So I think the golden nugget is to help somebody and give somebody else some value. That's when my life changed when I stopped trying to like sell stuff and start just like unselfishly helping people. Like, you know, so I think that's the most important thing is like, you know, helping people whether that's handing out sandwiches or feeding, you know, feeding the homeless and just doing some charity work, like making some phone calls, popping up at your school, talking to some kids, like that type of stuff. I think when you, you get more out of it when you help the people. So. I have to share this with you because it just, it's coming to mind as you're sharing this. So there is a boy that I am working with and he has this like debilitating anxiety. He came in, he, you know, was just, just all this bag of nerves. And he said to me in one of our breakout sessions, he said the thing that scared him the most was that he was going to die with all of his gifts still inside. Wow. And it is just, it was so deep. And this small child to have that type of intellect, which it just, it goes to show like we are all, we have all of these different gifts and abilities and it is our, we are being selfish if we do not share these things with the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. People, people are kind of scared of their feedback, like the feedback they go, they're going to get. So they don't want to, they don't want to do too much or say too much or like people are going to get offended all the time or, you know. A lot of people just think nothing they do is good enough too. They just think, oh, this isn't any different or any better than what anyone else would put out. So why bother? You know, I, I think people don't, people People need to create something. People need to create. Like I learn, I learn a lot by just doing. And you know, it's kind of hard to start sometimes. Like it's some stuff. Like I got, I want to start drawing. Like I, I've been in like two art shows recently, so I want to kind of get back into drawing. Like because I was doing some drawing, I was doing painting. I got an iPad. I got Procreate, and it's just kind of like got. You know, I got dust on it. You know what I mean? So it's like some stuff I want to do too. So. Yeah, um, I'm gonna do some more videos. It's a lot of stuff I want to do too. So I'm a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of creativity yet to share with the world, and I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, so um, we always like to give people a chance to talk about what projects they've got going on or how people can find them. Um, um, am I remembering correctly that you do motivational speaking? Um, t- tell us how people can find you, hire you, oh, support yeah. you. Oh. Um, my website is jayworking.com, J-A-Y-W-O-R-K-I-N-G. Um, you can find me on social media as jayworking or Jamal Collins um, on LinkedIn. Um, doing mostly like um, just teaching um, virtual, so marketing, um, sales, design, design thinking, creating content, creating your personal brand, and just teaching people how to do that. So if anybody needs any encouragement or woman to talk to their children or talk to the college students, it's like no age limit. Like, so 
starting a channel, photography, video, like design thinking, like all of that stuff. I'm hoping to do it all. That's awesome. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about before we cut off? No. I mean, if they want to call me, I could tell them how to make the perfect pancake. I think I perfected that. I say, is that your dad meal? Like dads have certain meals. That's like my, my house, my house, I, I will burn pancakes. I cannot make yeah, them. I think, I think I'm guy. a real master too, but oh. I could be a master, so. I'm a All biker right. too. So if anybody wants to talk about cycling, I ride my bike a lot. So that's my new love. It's like my bike, you like getting out. So yeah, I've seen you like with the kids chasing you on the bike. Oh, like yeah, in some yeah, of those videos, yeah. those are fun. Yeah, it's rough. It's, it can be rough. Like, so like I'm trying to get into yoga a little bit. So that's kind of new too. Like trying to stretch and stuff, trying to touch my toes. I'm tall, I'm six five. <laughs> you are so, tall. Wow. I mean, it's been it's been helping because I get off the bike and then I can't move for like a day. So I'm like, I gotta. This is rough. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, Jamal, this has been great. Thank you so much. This has been. I've been. I was so looking forward to this conversation, and and um, it's even better than I had hoped. So I I just I love hearing you speak truth and drop all these wisdom bombs and, yeah. and, you know, and your sense of humor. And, um, I just, I, I just love talking with you. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. This was truly a gift. If you noticed like my eyes going down, I've been like making notes as you've been talking. So thank you for gifting me with some of this stuff that I can start applying in my own life. So Absolutely. It was wonderful talking with you. Thank you. I met two new friends, so that's cool. <laughs> you that's have right. new followers, too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Rihanna Carusis of Collective Reach and the Social Distance Happy Hour podcast, who inspired and challenged us to start this podcast and helped us produce our first episode. Thanks also to our families and friends for all their encouragement and support. And to you, our listeners, for joining us on this adventure. That's a Hard No is a joint production of Clever Grow Marketing and Purposeful Growth and Wellness. Logo designed by Angela Giacco of A Pink Sunset. You can find her at apinksunset.com. Music by G.G. Riggs. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, 
avoiding, or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.